It's time for another episode of the Franchise Business Radio Show, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And Franserve, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at Franserve.com. Now, here's your host, certified franchise consultant, Pamela Curry. Hello, this is Pamela Curry, Certified Franchise Consultant and the host of Franchise Business Radio, coming from you live at the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. Uh, as a reminder to our listeners, the Franchise Business Radio Show's mission is to have a platform to bring business professionals together to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those considering franchise ownership. Really excited about having two great guests on the episode today. Our first guest actually comes to us from Franworth, Dave Kyle. He is President and Chief Operating uh, Officer of Franworth. And uh, just to let you guys know, who is Franworth? Franworth is a growth equity firm that partners with and accelerates the growth of emerging brands. They bring over 450 years of franchising experience to their partners, such as Lash Lounge, City Row, Madison Reed, SCOA, The Barcode, Title Boxing, and several affiliate brands. Dave, really excited to have you as a guest. Welcome to the Franchise Business Radio Show. Thanks so much, Pamela. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's um, tell a little bit about your background for our listeners. It's my understanding that you are a four-time franchise CEO, uh, most recently led the Lash Lounge, which is, we know, is a Franworth brand and growing franchise system that offers semi-permanent eyelash extensions in locally owned luxurious salons. Really, uh, I need That's to be. right, yeah. <laughs> now, but prior to Fran Worth, um, you actually were the CEO of Pure Bar. Before that, you served as the inaugural chairman and CEO for the Honey Baked Ham Company, bringing the Honey Baked brand and businesses together after 59 years of running as several separate entities. Wow, a lot of experience there. In addition to that, yeah, thanks. Yeah, and and you know, in addition to that, you were on the global management team of Ecolab, led the integration for their uh, eight billion Nalco merger, and prior to that, you were at General Mills as president of the Hagen Shop Company and director of corporate development. And you are a fellow Midwesterner. Um, I'm not. I'm not from Michigan, but um, it appears that you got your bachelor's degree in industrial and operations engineering from the University of Michigan, and an MBA from the University of Kansas. That's, That's it. Yeah, it's really a tale of two. It's two separate parts of career. That you know, the first half is really in these Fortune 500 companies like mm-hmm. Frito Lay, General Mills, and EcoLab, and. And then I moved into franchising, found it, fell in love with it. You know, the first brand that I had the opportunity to lead was the Hagen Shop Company. It has some 700 shops around the globe. So really got introduced to it then, fell in love with it, um, and then have been in it ever since. And yeah, had the, the, the joy of having four different CEO ships uh, as we, you know, put franchisees in business. Yeah, well, I can appreciate that blended background, and um, it brings a lot of experience to the business world. Um now, Dave, I know that you share leadership insights via LessonsOnPurpose.com, and you have founded the nonprofit company, 
Franchise for Good. Tell our listeners a little bit about Franchise for Good. How did that come come to be? Yeah, it really uh, came about just combining my love of franchise. I've been in it for a while. We all know how cool that is and, and the backbone of the, the as a franchisor, what we do, which is provide the tools and the playbooks and the support for franchisees to operate their own businesses. So it, it came by combining that love of franchising and the tools that we bring with my interest to give back. Um, you know, I've, I've had a very successful career and I spent most of 2019 in this really cool program called Halftime, uh, where you, you know, people that have had some success in the first part of their life and then really explore, okay, how do you go give back for the second half of your life? And, yeah. and so I spent, you know, an entire year just exploring um, what that could be. And the idea that came out of that was Franchise for Good. Mm. That, you know, many people have tried to um, apply our nonprofit skills or our, our franchise skills in the nonprofit space, namely Ben and Jerry's. Back when I was part of Haagen-Dazs, I combined Haagen-Dazs and Ben and Jerry's together in a deal and got to know their partner shops, uh, which were cool. They, they would put them in underserved areas and uh, employ people that perhaps would be otherwise unemployable. So it was a good effort, but it just didn't sustain. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew there was a better way. And, and that's where the idea of franchise for good came from really to, to just effectively just um, helping uh, nonprofits scale and grow, leveraging all the franchise system models and best practices that many of us know. So when we think about franchising, are, are there any specific things that really, you know, what can franchising truly offer to nonprofits? You know, most franchisees are certainly active in their local community. Great and point. that's the first way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we very much give back. I know that uh, the International Franchise Association, of whom Franworth, and I know many of your listeners are a member, um, has franchising give back, which again is very service-based. So uh, recognizes and encourages local service. Um, I know Roark and others are big uh, contributing members of that. But uh, one thing that, that I believe is underserved, that there's 1.2 million nonprofits in the United States. Wow. Uh, and they need to scale. Mm-hmm. They, they often, uh, just like uh, any for-profit business, reach that plateau. They've got a founder who has been growing their mission but tends to be stuck locally. Um, you know, as dependent on uh, found or people that are donating, and they need tools. They need tools to survive. They need tools to scale, and and that's I think the new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what Franchise for Good is, is set out to do is is provide that type of toolkit to nonprofits. So bring what we've been doing for you know, hundreds of years in the franchise uh, setting uh, to the nonprofit space. And if, if someone wanted to kind of tap into that and learn more about these tools that Franchise for Good is offering, would there be a, a, some, would they contact you or is there a place that they could go online to learn about that? Yeah, Pamela, there's, uh, we just actually launched this last week. Uh, it's franchiseforgood.org. Oh, so we're a 501c3, a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we just, you know, we help scale both large nonprofits in a consultancy basis. And even uh, my, my dream is that we even go after smaller nonprofits who maybe you know, are, are small, have a good social mission, and we help them. Grow. Yeah, so franchiseforgood.org is where they can learn more. 
Excellent. And uh, just, I mean, and it sounds like, uh, like you said, there's so many different nonprofits that are out there. Are you focused on a, a particular vertical or is it, is it really completely open? Yeah, we, the first customer that we landed mm-hmm. was uh, a gentleman named Pat Hamill, who I met uh, through the halftime program. And Pat is the largest home builder in the state of Colorado, runs a company called Oakwood Homes. His company was purchased by Berkshire Hathaway, like mm-hmm. Warren Buffett firm. Okay. Uh, and they're doing a big roll-up. Yeah, so uh, not a bad first customer. Mm-mm. Not bad uh, with uh, Berkshire Hathaway. But so Pat had a, a vision to go create a million jobs or train a million people in trade jobs. In the home building industry, you may know this, but uh, there's a dearth of skilled labor and things like plumbing and carpentry and electricians. And yet there's you know, close to double digit employment in the US. So what Pat did was create something called the Colorado Home Building Academy that mm-hmm. he trained people. So people that maybe were underemployed or looking for a second career, train them on how to go be a carpenter, a, a plumber, an electrician. Excellent. Uh, and trained a couple of thousand people. Well, his dream was to go do this for a million people. Mm. So he needed a partner to scale. So I was looking, you know, have all these great franchise tools, looking for something to scale. Pat needed something to scale. So we together created Build Strong Academy. So we just launched it last week. Wow. Uh, we're going to go to over 20 cities around the U.S. to just go get after creating uh, trade jobs. So Excellent. bridging that gap between those un- unemployed folks and the 700,000 some open trade jobs. So, yeah, not a bad first customer. We're really excited. Uh, to, to see this uh, begin to take shape. Now, give me the name of the academy again. Build, it's called Build Strong Academy. Build Strong yeah, Academy. Build Strong Academy. Wow, I really That's like right. that. And I and I, I I actually like the mission vision not only of creating jobs but the whole trade because um, you know I. I Personally, just think things are going to be coming full circle even more and more. And um, somehow the trades have gotten lost over the years and they're coming back. So, yeah, you know, that used to be back when uh, I was in high school, there was shop class and you could get mm-hmm. trained in schools. And there are still some community colleges that offer those training programs. But really, there's nothing quite like this. That's so, we've partnered with uh, the Home Building Institute, which is the, the government uh, associated a nonprofit organization, HBI, uh, who's the certification body. We've partnered with them. We've partnered with the local home builders association. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, we couldn't be more excited about it. But your question was, what verticals do we approach? And so it doesn't really matter. It's just like franchising. You know, we, we at Franworth have, uh, you know, several different verticals that we operate in. So building to um, beauty brands. You mentioned some of those fitness brands. No, I, it doesn't really matter the vertical. Just like in franchising, the tools that are, that are needed to scale and, and support local franchisees are similar. Mm-hmm. Same in the nonprofit space. So the end market doesn't really matter. It's more about having a founder or a leadership team who wants to scale and grow in the right way, uh, you know, and just establish that type of partnership. Makes sense. And, um, and it's my understanding that, uh, the pro football player and quarterback for the New Orleans Stanks, Drew Brees, has engaged in all of this. What is, what is his role? Yeah, Drew, um, as many of you may know, Drew Brees is, uh, in addition to being the, you know, the touchdown leader and a, you know, for sure, 
um, you know, first time Hall of Fame uh, uh, awardee. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a franchisee. So he's a Jimmy John's multi-unit franchisee. He's uh, a franchisee for walk-ons. Yep. And he joined Franworth, uh, our team, last summer. So he is uh, a part of our executive team here at Franworth. Uh, and really, as he's considering his post-football career, uh, really is going to extend his uh, his brand and his expertise, not just as a franchisee, but also as a, as a multi-unit franchisor. But he also has just got a deep, a passion for the people of Louisiana in New Orleans. Mm. And he's shown just incredible, uh, you know, back in Hurricane Katrina, uh, just locally has done two $5 million bids for the people of, uh, in food security here uh, more recently through COVID times. But Drew also has got a passion for job creation. So he's actually going to be our champion in New Orleans to go create a Build Strong Academy in New Orleans. So we couldn't be more excited about that. Not only a partner of Franworth, but, you know, really going to be a sponsor of what we're going to do with Build Strong Academy and Franchise for Good in one. That is great. And, and you know what? It, it, when you think about different communities, I do think about the professional athlete community because they start young, they retire early from that career, and they're trying to identify what's going to be their next chapter in life. And franchising is such a great opportunity for them. Um, I've, I've worked with quite a few retired professional athletes. And I always say, you know, if, if you're looking to start your next career, you may want to consider franchising. Because uh, you get the training, the support, you get the playbook to follow. Uh, so another... It's so true. I've, I've even seen, Pamela, the the spouses of professional athletes as well. I just spoke to uh, two of them two weeks ago, and I, I would agree, particularly, um, you know, affinity for fitness and our beauty brand. That, mm. That's been a really great part. So we, we in the last lounge, as an example, uh, we have a, um, you know, the spouse of a, a professional football player kicker who's a franchisee. So I agree with you. It's a, it's a great way to do that, apply those business skills that maybe got put on hold for a bit while they were doing the professional athlete thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Pamela, on that. Yeah, it makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about Franworth. Tell us about Franworth. Yeah, you described it a little bit in the open. Mm-hmm. So probably the simplest way to think about us is that we help build franchise systems. So we have uh, companies that's really the way we're, we're doing it for one of Oakwood Homes businesses, um, uh, one called Shazam that does uh, home services businesses. So we build franchise systems so that people, someone's got a great idea, they want to turn it into a franchise, we build. So that's the first thing we do. Mm -hmm. And the second thing we do is we have a whole uh, team, and you mentioned it, 450 years of experience team in all the different functional verticals that a franchisor needs. Uh, And we partner with them. So we partner with emerging brands. Last Lounge is probably the best example of that, where we partner with the founder who had six open units. And then we bring the expertise in things like legal, finance, um, supply chain, mm. um, the uh, real estate, construction, all of the things that a franchisee wants to know that their franchisor has excellence in. Excellent. So we partner with these brands and we help grow them. Last Lounge, we grew from those six units to more than 109 open today. And that business is just absolutely booming. We do it really in two verticals. So we've got a suite of fitness brands. Um, 
City Row is one that we're growing right now. That's a growing modality in boutique fitness. Title Boxing we're growing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Barco is our most recent. And we're that's getting ready uh, for your people that are potential franchisees out there. Um, the barcode is getting ready to, to get sold here in the U.S. And then our the second grouping is in um, in beauty. So we what's been happening in beauty is the move from the big salons where you got everything done into boutique beauty. So much mm-hmm. like what happened in fitness, some you know 10, 12 years ago, it's happening in beauty. So we're in the lash lounge, which is a lash only salon. We're with SCOA, which is a facial only salon. And Madison Reed, uh, many of your listeners may have heard of Madison Reed, founded oh, by yes. Amy Garrett, who does <laughs> color only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are color bars popping up. There's 12 open. And so that will be coming uh, next year to the franchise community. So that we do that. And then the third thing we do is we offer ways to drive efficiency for franchisors. We do that. We have a, a captive pick and pack operation. So, boy, I wish I had this when I was leading companies like Pure Bar or Honeybit Cam, but it's a one-stop shop for all the things a franchisee needs from their initial package to just their overall fulfillment. So if they need athleisure or their lashes or glues or weight, whatever that is, we, we have a, a fulfillment center that does that. And then we have a brand new offering called FranWork uh, that people can find on the FranWork website. Uh, so FranWork is a set of, it's really co-op purchasing of things like payroll and insurance and property and casualty insurance and HR legal support that any franchisee or franchisor can purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just go to franwork.com backslash work and they can purchase along with and leverage their power, you know, with hundreds and hundreds of other franchisees and franchisors. So that, hopefully that's a, a simple enough explanation of what we do. Very helpful. Um, you know, help. Actually, you know what I, you made me think of a couple things there, Dave, and I, it's, it's interesting because I've been in the franchise community now for about 25 years and, uh, I always share with people, there's two sides of the business equation. You have the entrepreneur, the founder of the business concept, who really has refined those proven methods of operations and now is looking to take that concept and grow it through a franchising strategy. But where they don't have the knowledge and experience is on the second half of that business equation, which is to really understand how do I go about effectively, you know, packaging this business, growing it through a franchise system, like you said, with all of those um, areas that are needed, the legal, the finance, the real estate, the construction. Uh, so, you know, and be able to take their idea and then transfer it to the, you know, to a franchisee operator. So again, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I was going to say, so I, I was going to I think Franworth, the, the, to have an organization like Franworth, that is when I see um, a new emerging franchise take off when they get that expertise in place. That's a game changer. It's really, I, I agree. I, I think it's founders are amazing people um, who have this passion for a new idea or a new space. Um, and we think having the, the founder as part of the business is super important. Always. Mm-hmm. But you're right. But scaling something is different than, you know, running a handful of units. And so I do think for your listeners to, to recognize it's important to ask questions about the franchisor. You know, I, we believe having the founder engaged to keep the vision alive 
you know, the core, whether it's exercise or a, a beauty regime, is super important. But also as equally as important is having a, you know, professional team around them to do, yeah, you're, you're not going to both be, uh, you know, depth in, you know, fitness or beauty and also understand legal or finance and supply chain and real estate. So, uh, yeah, I agree. And, and I think that the choices that our, our company um, partners have made is they said, look, I'm, I want to partner with somebody like Granwood who brings the expertise to really help grow my, grow my business. And, and mm-hmm. so we found, you know, it's funny, disproportionate number of women founders. Almost all of our founders are women. Uh, much of our leaders are women. Uh, and, and often women, you know, sadly, have a hard time raising private equity money or venture capital money. And that needs to change. Um, that is changing, but it's, it's really disproportionate. And mm-hmm. so we end up finding these wonderful brands who have these uh, founders who are just so passionate and want to grow and want to take whatever that is uh, into the marketplace. And so that's really, we found our niche there. Um, those partnerships, partnering with founders, bringing all that back office and uh, scaling things that we use at Franchise for Good for our nonprofit customers and then our at Franwith for our for-profit customers. Oh, well said. Well said. David, it's just been, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest on the Franchise Business Radio Show. Uh, anything else you would like to share uh, with our listeners before we have our next guest, which is a fellow colleague of yours? Yeah, well, you're getting, you're getting ready to hear from Meg Roberts, who is one of the best leaders in franchising that I know. She mm. was with Molly Mays. I'm sure she'll tell you all this. And and uh, followed me as CEO at the Lash Lounge. But you're in for a real treat as a consummate professional. Uh, we're so lucky to have talent uh, and members of the Franworth team like Meg. Um, so you're going to enjoy the next conversation. Thank you, Pamela, so much for having me. Please, people, go check out uh, franchiseforgood.org um, and, uh, and watch us grow. It's, it's going to be a fun ride. I- I'm looking forward to watching the journey. Thank you, Dave. You have a great day. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Pamela. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. I'm going to go ahead and leave the recording going. So Brian will edit this in in a second here. So uh, let's go ahead and and, uh, take the call from... uh, Meg. Yeah, Meg. Actually, I'm going to call her... No. Do you think we need to redo anything? Are you guys okay? Was that oh, right? no, it's perfect. Yeah, we're good to go. <clears throat> all right, cool. well, enjoy the weather up there. We'll see you. Um, and if you'd like yeah, to hang on, you, Dave. I appreciate it. Oh, okay, thank you. What's that? I'm sorry, Pamela, I missed what you said. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll let you go so we can reach out to Meg here and we'll get. Okay, all right. Thank Thanks, you, guys. You. Appreciate it. Thanks for appreciate what you do. Appreciate it. Take care. Alrighty. Okay, so I forgot about the pre-interview segment. I was watching the the clock, the running clock, and the recording. But um, yeah, so we should have Meg here now. Wonderful. Hi. This is Meg. Hey, uh, Meg. This is uh, Rich, the producer for the Franchise Business Radio. 
Hey, Rich, how are you? I was just calling you. I was yeah. hoping I didn't have the wrong number. I understood there was a little bit of confusion yeah, around no, that. No, you, no, you had the right number, but we were uh, just wrapping up with uh, Dave, so we couldn't take your call at the same time. So uh, That's yeah. fine. Prioritize my boss. I get it. it happens all the time. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. Yeah, Pam had nothing to do with this. Yeah. So speaking of Pam, I'm going to turn you over to Pam here for a second for our pre-interview, and then we'll start the recording. Sure. But uh, just housekeeping, anything you have uh, nearby, if you can silence that, computers that might have have uh, notifications, alerts that might go off on your laptop kind of thing, as well as what might be on your wrist uh, and uh, Apple watches or any other devices. But having said that, have an enjoyable conversation. And this is the pre-interview. So before we start recording, I'm going to turn you over to Pam. Mag. Hey, Meg. Pleasure to meet you virtually. Really well. Thank you. Excited to have you on the show, and we'll go ahead and we'll we'll lead in. Uh, it's gonna, you know, it, we'll have uh, this as one episode, just to let you know. Uh, so, and Dave was okay. just, yeah, Dave was just saying wonderful things about you and your leadership. So, I'm looking forward to sharing that with our listeners. <laughs> He's kind, <laughs> kind, I think. And one other thing at the end, uh, as she signs off. Um, we're going to play an outro, like a jingle music, or whatever. So you may hear that. And then um, if you want to hang afterwards, y'all can talk. But other than that, that'll wrap up the show. But uh, let's go ahead and start the interview. Whenever you guys are ready. Sounds good. Well, we just heard from uh, from Dave Kyle, uh, who's the president and COO of Franworth. And now we have the pleasure of having a fellow colleague of his as a guest as well, Meg Roberts. Uh, and... Meg Roberts is also with Franworth. Uh, I'd like to share a little bit about her background and then get her insight on the franchise community. Uh, Meg actually joins uh, joined Franworth as an operating partner in 2018, where she serves as CEO and president of the Lash Lounge. Uh, she brings a proven track record of leadership, growth, and marketing expertise to the Lash Lounge. And uh, Meg, it's my understanding that what you really take pride in is your franchisee relationship skills and that you really enjoy building a system of success and of course satisfaction is that that is that is most certainly true yeah it's um (laughs) it's been an industry that i discovered now you know i used to say oh i just discovered it day before yesterday but it's been uh been almost 15 years that i've been working in franchising and and the first thing that i always say to people when they ask about the industry is just how satisfying it is to know work and support so many different people Mm. it's really um it's really something special to have that opportunity and uh and i take it very seriously their relationships are they're professional of course but they also become very personal when you're working so closely with people on on something that is ultimately you know their dream of of business success so i i love that aspect of it you've got Mm -hmm. a friend in every city (laughs) yes that's good i like that uh, you're right. It's a relational business, right? Um, uh, now, you began your career in franchising at Service Brands, uh, Inter- Service Brands International, where you served as VP of Marketing, overseeing both Molly Maid and Mr. Handyman. Uh, your primary focus there was on national brand marketing and digital strategy. And then in 2012, you became the youngest president to lead the Molly Maid brand, a system over 200 units, where you then built a team of operations and marketing experts to lead the brand into a new era of success. And in addition to that, you were named Cranes Detroit Magazine 40 Under 40 and featured in an episode of the A&E series, Be the Boss. 
And uh, as a fellow female professional, um, I really admire and appreciate that you serve the Women's Franchise Committee, the Next Gen Committee, and have joined the IFA, International Franchise Association Board of Directors, here in 2020. And um, actually, prior to entering the franchise world, uh, Meg spent eight, eight years in marketing and television advertising. Uh, and it's my understanding that you hold a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Michigan and a Master of Arts in Marketing Research from Michigan State University. And I want to talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, little, that's a little uncommon. It's funny if you read that um, sort of uh, generous CV report there, I'm realizing uh, that I'm getting old because it's quite a, quite a long time ago that I was working in Chicago and advertising starting out in my career. But you mentioned the 40 under 40, and that's uh, such a distant memory to me. I need mm. to start working on the 50 under 50 because I've only, <laughs> I've only got two years left. So <laughs> that was quite an honor at that time in my career and uh, really just a wonderful thing to be acknowledged for. Um, but again, uh, nearly 10 years ago, so it is what it is. That picture is probably getting a bit faded, as they say. Ah, yes. But, but, but I know there's some wisdom, right? Uh, wisdom comes with that. <laughs> so. That's true. Let's, uh, let's hope so. So I, I know that you, uh, you obviously right now with your, your focus with Franworth is the Lash Lounge. And I uh, want to talk a little bit about that. Did, you know, David explained to our listener, listeners earlier that uh, the Lash Lounge offers semi-absentee eyelash extensions uh, as locally owned luxurious salons. Uh, and we've obviously come upon a very interesting time when you think about personal care services. Um, talk about learning, right? Um, we're always having new experiences and yeah. learning. What What did you learn about your franchisees during the COVID-19 crisis? Well, you know, I'm not talking specifically about the industry, um, which I hope to talk about uh, during this interview, of course, but really the most important aspect of learning for us as a system was just how cohesive and collaborative and supportive we were of one another. As a newer brand, you know, we've been around for about 10 years, but as a newer brand in terms of just such accelerated growth, we've got 100 you know, brand new franchisees who really have been at this for less than 24 months. And the first 12 months of franchise ownership is, is really tough. And when you have so many people at it all, all together, um, we've been weathered you know, a storm, so to speak, mm-hmm. of, of getting going and getting uh, getting started and really feeling good about what we were doing. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. And the timing of that, as it were, uh, you know, COVID came on the heels of us turning that uh, sort of metaphorical corner into really hitting our stride. So we were tested. Our franchisees had already been tested through some hard times and recently um, overcoming those hard times. So we were, we were ready. We weren't intimidated. Uh, we were resilient and everyone came together. We communicated every day. We supported one another in every way possible from business and rent relief and PPP to just being one another's support system and kind of that franchisee therapy that was needed during <laughs> that time. So what was revealed to me that I already knew, uh, but was really cemented, was the character of the franchisees among the Lounge team. Just absolutely incredible character, resiliency, and willingness to help one another. And that'll get you through just about anything. There was no fear. There yeah. was no fear. 
Yeah. Actually, you know, you just really stated one of the greatest value points of being a franchisee, and that's being part of a system, uh, right? A lot of people, uh, you know, as a franchise consultant, a lot of people say, well, why don't I just do that on my own? Well, good good luck. That's very isolating, you know, to, to be part of a system, have fellow franchisees. So when life comes at you, to be able to collaborate is, um, to your point, uh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm such a big believer in small business ownership and entrepreneurship. And and I love independent small businesses. Um, franchises are exactly that. But what we have, as you mentioned, is a unique support system. And, mm-hmm. and that word isolation really resonates with all of us today, because whether we were able to remain open or come back uh, to providing our services, we have been isolated in different ways from our teammates, from our family members from our neighbors Mm. and so forth. And to have a community where you can get on a Zoom call with 15 other franchisees, if to do nothing more than to say, hey, how are you doing? And you know that you're all experiencing the same thing um, is really, really a powerful, powerful testament to what makes franchising so valuable for business owners. Yes. So I'm curious, did you learn anything about yourself during this time? (laughs) <laughs> I, I did. Um, well, I mean, I, I learned a whole lot of things, right? I wish I could say I was one of those incredible people who um, learned Spanish during COVID, but um, <laughs> I didn't find time for that. I discovered that I need to um, make sure that I create some balance in my life. When you're working from home um, and your coworkers are children, that's a little bit different than mm. working from home when your kids used to go to school. <laughs> so I've always preached about... Um, you know, integrating work and life and my children are a big part of my work life because it's all, it's all related. But when you are at home all the time, you've got to create some isolated space, if nothing else, so that you can close that door and not see the computer Mm. um, every minute of every day. Otherwise, you'll find yourself in front of it. But what I learned about myself was how much I really enjoyed being part of the support network too. Mm. As the CEO, there's an incredible amount of pressure. Um, an expectation to lead. And, and I thrive in that environment. I really love to problem solve and guide a group of people to a place of success and comfort um, and, a, and a sense of security, which was important during this time. But I learned about myself that, that I need to reach out as well, that I needed some support, whether it was a pat on the back from a franchisee or, you know, an add a girl from uh, one of my colleagues, because you get tired. And when you're giving and giving and giving, it's important um, to also just get a little bit of an injection of feedback or support. So um, I learned that I can be um, vulnerable and that it's okay to not always have to be in control and and powerful, if you will, that uh, there's something real and also saying, hey, you know what? I think I need the afternoon. I think I need the afternoon to myself. And and recognizing how to to self-care during a time period that is is trying for everybody. Mm-hmm. Great life uh, mess lessons there. Um, great message. Um, on a kind of back from personal and into business, um, and you think about the Lash Lounge, like you said, it was a very testing time for many businesses, <laughs> um, and still is. Uh, what do you think the long term impact of COVID on the Lash Lounge will be? You know, it's a it's a great question. And I know so many business owners in different categories are, are thinking about that today. And I've been inspired 
to hear from friends in categories that are that are thriving and finding new ways to to really execute and uh, be experts during a difficult time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, with the Lash Lounge, uh, when I took this position, coming from you know a very secure position and you know the longest serving president of a of a very solid vertical in house cleaning, I thought this is so interesting. It's so exciting. I'm re- really willing to take this leap, but I didn't know much about lash extensions and realistically it's about an eight percent awareness of the service among our target audience so that's pretty small Mm. except that it is booming and what I learned um, and witnessed firsthand during the COVID crisis was just how loyal our members and our guests are to the service but also to their stylists they form these relationships you know they're uh, comfortably laying in what we refer to as the lash nap for 90 minutes every two weeks and they, they get to chat, they get to relax. Your eyes are closed. You can't be interrupted by your phone. <laughs> so we discovered how much our, our members really missed us and they missed that feeling of a retreat. Well, the other thing that we've um, recognized is that there's so much emphasis on our eyes, particularly now that we're wearing masks, right? So mm. more and more people are discovering this service and our businesses is booming. And, and I say that recognizing that there are lots of businesses that are suffering right now. Um, so I want to acknowledge that. Um, and we are really uh, pleased and we're not taking it for granted that people are enjoying our services in the very pristine and secure and following every precaution that we can to provide that service. So it's it's been fun to see that this is not a trend. This is a beauty standard and one that makes people really feel great, particularly when you're behind a camera all day long. You know, if you can wake up and, and uh, hop out of bed and your lashes look great and you plunk down in front of that Zoom camera all day, <laughs> if we can be a small part of creating that confidence, it, it really is terrific. Well, I, I admittedly so. <laughs> As I get older and it, you know, the eyes get puffier, anything to, to make them look better, I'm all about. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you're right. It is a boost of confidence. Uh, and so our beauty treatments mean a lot to us. Uh, what uh, what are you uh, and as uh, you know as the president and, and the CEO of Lash Lounge? Uh, you have to have be that visionary. Um, what what are your biggest opportunities in the next twelve months for the Lash Lounge? I, I think our biggest opportunity in the next uh, twelve months, and most importantly, is to continue to support our franchisees through what I imagine is going to be a continued uh, difficult time. So. Rather than looking, you know, way out into the future as to what's the next big strategy or the next big development, I want to be conscientious of protecting uh, their cash flow. Right? They need to be in a position of strength. Should we emerge uh, without an additional flow of COVID, or if we were to, you know, unfortunately have another concern? So, my greatest priority, although it's not, you know, the exciting strategic shiny object, but my greatest priority is their uh, long-term viability over the next 12 months. Mm. Beyond that, what I see for the business is an opportunity for us to really expand the awareness of our services and, and do that in a way where we're using our campaigns, uh, whether it's online or promotional strategies, to invite new customers into the fold. You know, medical professionals, really enjoy this service. Uh, They're used to wearing masks all day long. Um, So what can we do to make our services more accessible to 
a broader group of people who might not have considered um, lash extensions before. So I see some big PR opportunities for us in the future uh, to talk more about this brand. I also think uh, with the Lash Lounge being really the leader in the luxury experience and mm. what is really our three C's, consultation, um, customization, and care, really to leverage that aspect when people are more concerned than ever and, and more deserving than ever of a really, really good service that is provided with all precautions. Mm. Um, so yeah, I see, I see a very bright future for us. Um, and I absolutely am someone who is ambitious about growth and uh, continued development. But right here and now, the most important thing to me are those 112 franchisees with salons that have open doors and, you know, 10 and 15 employees and a couple hundred members. That's my priority. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, right there, that's that, those are, we were talking about career creation or job creation with uh, Dave earlier. And um, what you just shared there is a testimony on how the franchise community creates jobs. And we got to... We, right? we do. And that's something we're so proud of at the mm-hmm. Lash Lounge. I'll tell you what, as uh, young people who are exploring careers in cosmetology and, and more and more, you know, coming from the service industry, I'm recognizing that, you know, a college education is an incredibly valuable thing. So too are the trades and Absolutely. things like cosmetology certifications and degrees that you can oftentimes have subsidized or even paid for if you choose that career path while you're in high school. Mm-hmm. So the Lash Lounge is exploring ways for us to create scholarships for young people, to encourage more and more uh, young women and men who are interested in cosmetology to discover uh, this particular vertical because it's not well known and it really is a great way to make a great living. And it's, it's a career. We don't consider it a job. It really right. is a career and artistry, something that uh, that we take a great amount of pride in, in training and offering uh, free training to our employees to help them augment what learning they, they traditionally have. So job creation, mm. um, I call it career creation with the Lash Lounge because it absolutely is well beyond that wage that, that we know um, is essential in job creation at a minimum. I like that. One other quick little topic that came up with Dave and I are, are, you know, how it kind of goes back to sort of the gender equality. And it's really nice because we're starting to see some walls drop, uh, no matter what kind of trade or vertical you're in, you know, career path, whether it's in beauty, right, or if it's women who are becoming CEOs like yourself, uh, can you speak to anything like that um, in regards to as a as a very successful uh, female professional and CEO? Any any thoughts around that? Yeah, certainly. You know, as a woman uh, in business in general, we want to look out for one another and make sure that there is equality and opportunity uh, for women, for minorities, uh, for everyone really in the workplace. And I, I feel I've been I've been blessed. Uh, I've been lucky, you know, some timing and things have gone my way mm-hmm. uh, for certain. But I'll tell you, I, as, a, as a woman in the service industry for a long time, you felt as though you were a minority. And then becoming mm-hmm. a president or CEO in franchising is uncommon for a woman. And I'm very proud to have achieved that and to continue to build and encourage and manage women into higher positions of power, but there's also a little bit of an inverse in the beauty industry. 
it's dominated by women. So we have to be conscious about equality and acceptance of men in our industry as well. And Mm -hmm. my partner, John Cohen, who's the executive vice president of the Lash Lounge, is the only male on our team. But guess what? He's Mm -hmm. absolutely critical and it is uncommon. So the the reversal needs to be considered as well. You know, we, we just need to I always have our eyes open to, to being certain that we're finding the best and right people for the position, be it a man, a woman, a person of color, but that we're, we're open-minded to who suits the role and uh, who's going to bring the best, the best to the team. Yes. Yes. Very, very well said. Okay. I've got to have a little bit of fun. We're going to circle back around as we uh, kind of mentioned this when we were giving our listeners uh you know, your background. Um, we're obviously moving here into football season, Meg. And uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Big Ten Conference is starting uh, in three weeks. Uh, I see, obviously, that you went to University of Michigan as well as Michigan State University. Those are big rival schools. So the big question is, are you blue or green? I am 100% maize and blue. Uh, I grew <laughs> up in Ann Arbor and just desperately wanted to, to go to the University of Michigan. I'm really proud that I also went to Michigan State University, an absolutely incredible academic institution. And mm-hmm. I think they've probably beaten us more than we've beaten them in the last decade in football, but I am 110% a Michigan football fan. And I am really excited that Big Ten football is coming back because for me, with a boyfriend who is a Clemson fan, I am so tired of hearing about Clemson football. I can't can't wait to be focused on Michigan, even if we aren't the team we were two decades ago. You can always have hope. Uh, no, no orange and purple then, right? <laughs> no, no, not for me. <laughs> and I'm glad you didn't say you were yellow, blue or green, right? Then you didn't, that wouldn't, yeah, that wouldn't, that would not have gone. Yeah, no, way. no. If you know Michigan, <laughs> you know it's maize and blue. <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure having you as a guest on the Franchise Business Radio Show. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with our guest? You know, what I, uh, what I'd like to express is just gratitude. Um, for you hosting this program, I think it's so valuable for us to create opportunities, blogs, radio shows, uh, white papers, et cetera, to help educate people about franchising and how to get into the business, what to look out for. There's so many wonderful opportunities. Of course, I love the Lash Lounge and we have plenty of opportunities for people who are interested in small business ownership and, and love that recurring revenue model. But more than anything, as a as a participant in this industry, I just appreciate the roles and um, the efforts of so many to make sure that we protect and preserve what is a great opportunity for so many to find work, to find a profession, to work in corporate America as a franchisor, and more importantly, to have that courage to become a franchisee and, and take that leap with a great brand. Well, thank you for that. I, I do appreciate it. And as a certified franchise consultant and the host of Franchise Business Radio Show, the reason why this show was founded was to do exactly that, to be a platform that's bringing business professionals together. So we're connecting, we're educating, we're collaborating, and we're serving, <laughs> you know, the franchise community. And it's valuable, valuable work. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Meg, thank you again. And um 
pleasure to meet you virtually. Our, our new, our new pleasure world. to meet you too. And <laughs> go blue. <laughs> Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye bye. Thank you again for joining Pamela Curry and her guests for the Franchise Business Radio Show, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Use the social media links here to share today's show and check out more episodes at FranchiseBusinessRadio.com. Dot com.